Andres Segovia Show. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the program because today I get to talk about what's happening on the ground in Mi Ciudad de Los Angeles. You've only heard about it. And some of the things I'm going to touch on today are actually things that are a bit dated. But there's a reason I'm, giving, I'm going to give you that context because this month I'm doing episodes on addressing how we can fix California. Hashtag fix California. Hashtag save California. Because you heard about the Cal Ex or, or the California Exodus, but you probably don't entirely know why. Uh, and what's sad about the whole thing about people leaving California, a lot of the people that have left voted for the policies that caused the reason for them to leave in the first place. And they then continued voting that same way wherever they landed. Uh, upending a lot of the economies that they're um, uh, arriving at, which is causing tensions in those regions too. So what exactly is happening in California that uh, you need to know about with respects to eventually that I'll touch on, not on this episode though, uh, with respects to housing, there is a homelessness crisis. And it's uh, the crisis doesn't even begin to cover it at this point anymore. And what I'm going to touch on is basically uh, a a a news item that was done by Reason.com. I think it was December 2019. They researched it for quite a while before they finally published. And I've been holding on to this uh, video of theirs for the longest time. And any links to the original content will be available at the show notes of company's episode at www.dangerousgover.com. I recommend that you uh, go check it out yourself. uh, Dive into it. This was then, still applies today. But it's just to give you context. The reason being is because the next episodes that I'm going to be covering with respect to fixing California, a lot of people you're going to start hearing, if they haven't done so already, uh, they're going to say oh yeah you know because uh 2020 happened and that upended a lot of things no that's why this episode is important because this is the precursor to show you this was a problem before 2020 and any excuses anybody can use about the lockdowns exacerbating things nope not true these things were a problem long before they got out of hand before 2020 and have only been made worse by continued mismanagement of the municipalities uh and counties uh even state so I have to address the homelessness crisis uh, occurring here in California, particularly in areas like Los Angeles and San Francisco. Today's episode is going to focus on Los Angeles, and I'm going to basically stick to Los Angeles for the most part, and and so does this video. Um, And that's my prelude, I guess, to say uh, this is a bit of a local broker reacts. So I'm probably going to label that as such, but it's not entirely that in that uh, I'm going to tell you about this. to ad- to give you insight as to what the city has been doing and in the next episode talk about how those programs and policies they've introduced have failed spectacularly in some cases before they even got off the ground and i'm glad i held off on this one because it's been a year and a half since this uh this particular um video and well it's considered to be worse now so without further ado, let's get this video going. Let me just pull it up here for myself. This is uh, Los Angeles spending $1 billion to address homelessness, and it's failing. We cannot help someone while they're 
living in a tent. We need a triage-like approach. They're not doing it at nearly the intensity or the urgency or the scope that we needed. This is Skid Row, a 53-square-block area of downtown Los Angeles where more than 2,500 homeless individuals reside on the streets. California's homeless population has jumped by more than 12% in the last five years, and it's part of a national crisis. Skid Row is what I call the worst man-made disaster in the United States. There's human waste on the sidewalks. There's all kinds of disease. I actually lost my right leg on the streets of Skid Row from getting a staph infection from coming in contact with human waste. Reverend Andy Bales is the CEO of Union Rescue Mission, which is the nation's largest private homeless shelter. He says that the city of Los Angeles, which has the largest unsheltered homeless population in America, has failed to deal with what's become a public health and humanitarian crisis. More than a thousand homeless people died on the streets of Los Angeles County last year, according to government figures. Meanwhile, the city is spending more than a billion dollars on a long-term housing solution that likely will take more than a decade to complete. There's a particular... I don't know how... I don't remember how much of this video addresses a little bit of the housing part, but just the mere fact that Los Angeles was spending that much and that program, uh, again, it, it was a spectacular failure before it got off the ground. And it's been years now. I'll highlight just how bad it's gone. Particular type of TB found only in the world on Skid Row. We've had typhus, medieval disease carried by fleas on rats. When you leave people on the streets, they are quickly devastated by what they experience. Homelessness destroys people physically, mentally, emotionally, educationally, vocationally, every way you can think of. And in LA, there's nowhere to go, right? We put a roof over 25% of the people devastated by homelessness. We leave 75% on the streets. Los Angeles is now coming together to confront the greatest moral and humanitarian crisis of our time, homelessness. In 2016, Los Angeles voters approved a referendum to spend more than $1.2 billion building new housing for the homeless. It's part of a plan championed by Los Angeles Mayor Eric Garcetti. Who Some people are calling Garcetti King Garcetti. He is absolutely an awful mayor. Um, how he still is in power, I don't know. Well, uh, maybe I do know. He's he's been confronted over the failures of this very program, but all he ever wants to show are the pictures of him doing the shovel ready where they're going to start the development, but never any updates as to why it's taken forever to get one apartment development done. Why did it take three years, Eric Garcetti? This goes all the way up to Sacramento, okay? But we're dealing with Garcetti. Say so we're gonna solve the problem. Then why did it take three years? How many, how many died? How many homeless died within those three years? What could have, have been better done with the funds there? Keep going. Declined our interview request. And I will accept nothing less than a home for every person who needs a roof under their head. We are here to end homelessness. Yeah, you know who, who wanted to end poverty too and he said it'll be over in 10 years? President Lyndon B. Johnson when he declared war on poverty. Created the welfare state and we have more poverty than there's ever been. And debt. The city set a target of 10,000 new housing units within a decade that were supposed to take between three and six years to build. But three years in, 
Just 1% of those apartments will be ready for occupancy by the end of 2019. You hear that? We're going to build 10,000 uh, units. Yes, we're going to build 10,000 units. And how many developments? No idea. But 10,000 units in three to six years. And in three years, only 1% was done? Do the math. And that was delayed too. Too late when they get through spending the money, they're gonna be they're gonna be triple of the home that's out here now. A lot of these projects are taking forever to build. They need to find something now. Look at them; they have no place to go. Building anything in California isn't easy. The state's legislative analyst's office found that increasing competition for limited housing is the primary driver of housing cost growth in coastal California, which has some of the nation's highest housing prices and rents because local interest groups often use tools like zoning and the state's environmental review law to delay or kill new housing projects. The shortage drives up prices, and some living on the margins are priced out and turn to the streets. And even after voters approved the more than a billion dollars specifically to build housing for the increasing homeless population, a recent report by LA's controller's office attributed the delays and cost overruns largely to regulatory barriers, permitting challenges, and bureaucratic confusion. Meanwhile, the existing shelters are running out of space. Threat to force men like Jimmy Anderson back onto the streets of Skid Row. I'm glad they addressed that. A lot of you probably know me best as, well, I'm a broker. I deal with real estate. Before I became a broker some years ago, for half of my life, I worked in construction, family business and all. So technically my father started the construction company before I was born. So I was born into it, you can say. So that's where I made uh, my living, so to speak in construction, dealing with cities, dealing with permits and planning departments and divisions for multiple different cities in different counties. Every city has their own thing. Compton is one of the strictest. LA is insane with its bureaucracy. Long Beach thinks that they want to one-up Los Angeles. So they're super strict. I've dealt with Newport, San Diego. So I've dealt with a lot of these. And I dealt with some of the worst of the worst cases too, when you're dealing with substandards and you have the housing department um, involved in all this, pure red tape to line pockets of the bureaucrats, all in the name of sticking it to the landlord and helping the people they're pretending to, to care about, which is the tenant. And in the long run, they haven't helped them at all. Well, without getting too sidetracked into that rabbit trail, the point is that I know everything that they're referring to. The city said they're going to build this much. We just need this much money from you taxpayers of Los Angeles in order to build this housing. Okay, here's the money. Let's get it done. Then the city goes, okay, let's get this done. Pass it over to the other department within the bureaucracy. And it's like, okay, uh, you can't get this done. Why? Because you got to meet this, this, and this, and this, and that with terms of the building code. Uh Okay, what are the delays looking like? Well, depends. How do the structural plans look like? Oh, you got to fix this thing. Go back to the drawing board. But you took six months to review this thing. Yeah. Well, get back in line. Turn the plans over again. In queue. Plan department looks at it. It's like, oh, look at that. We're in a new year. New building codes. Back to the drawing board. 
You can't make this up. Where did all that money go? And they said, well, the contractors just want the money from the change orders, which is possibly true because they knew this going in. They knew what they were going to face with the bureaucratic process and being so slow. Okay, so what now? Soon the whims and kids going to take over the rescue union mission and all the men's going to have to move out there back out here on the street. The city's approach, known as Housing First, was adopted by municipalities nationwide after Utah reportedly reduced chronic homelessness by 91% by giving away permanent apartments with no strings attached. But state auditors later attributed those findings to a statistical error. And building housing for the homeless is considerably more costly and complex in Los Angeles than in Salt Lake City. The city initially ballparked the permanent units at a median cost of $350,000 apiece. Three years later, the estimated costs rose to more than half a million per unit. Andy Bales says he saw it coming. Like I said, bureaucracy. And who's the one getting rich in all this? And who's suffering in the meanwhile? And when you confront these politicians about all this, they don't want to talk about it. Eric Garcetti didn't want to chime in on this. His office, they refused to comment. Why? Well, because, you know, I meant well. But it didn't work, so roll it back. Uh, no, I, no, I can't. It's like, if it doesn't work, why are you throwing more money at it? People need help now. I was a critic 10 years ago of this plan, even before it came about. A very expensive way of spending all the resources on a few and leaving the many out in the cold. Bales wanted the city to allocate a portion of the money to nonprofits and shelters like his to provide temporary relief. And they laughed at me, they made fun of me in the, in the newspaper, and here we are afterwards. There's this group that is so dogmatic about permanent supportive housing as the solution. They think everybody deserves a $600,000 unit with a granite countertop, and anything short of that is not good enough. Bale says that given the current emergency, the city should reconsider its heavy focus on finding a long-term solution. If we put four of these up in each district, 15 districts, 60 total, we could get, I want you to hear this, we could get 13,000 people off the street. Union Rescue Mission just opened what's called a sprung structure, a relatively inexpensive but sturdy and weather-resistant tent with 120 beds. We cannot spend 600000 per person per unit and ever get it done. But we could get there at 14000 per bunk in a sprung structure, and we could get there at $50,000 mobile homes or $100,000 container homes or $10,000 3D printed concrete homes with a bathroom and a kitchen and can be put up in 24 to 48 hours. We've got to think innovatively or we're going to have a bigger disaster on our hands. In I did an episode called, Is Housing a Right? I recommend you go check that out for more context to what that all means. Because uh, in, in an upcoming episode, I'll be able to explain to you better why sometimes the way I say things might not be the way the politicians mean it, even though we're technically saying the same thing. Uh, and I'm going to be touching on that uh, for the housing affordability crisis episode that I'm working on. Because, well, um, that's the next step over. 
that was meant to also address this, but it's exacerbating the problem. With respect to solutions, like he said, 24, 48 hours, why is that not a good idea compared to delayed construction and throwing money at the interest of the the commercial contractors industries and the and the big developers? They're the ones getting rich in all this. Just not to mention it's the unions behind them, but whatever. In terms of where to put these structures, the city owns more than 7,500 lots, though neighborhood councils regularly fight to keep shelters out. Property owners in Skid Row would like to see the police clear homeless encampments out of their neighborhood, which could also help to avert the public health crisis. But past court settlements prevent that, and a September ruling on a case out of Idaho from the U.S. Ninth Circuit Appeals Court found that doing so constitutes cruel and unusual punishment when cities don't have adequate shelter to accommodate everyone living on the streets. Los Angeles city and county have signed onto a lawsuit challenging that ruling. We just... Uh, it's along those lines that I should also mention um, that, uh, well, the problem got worse where vagrants were breaking into uh, local businesses. Some of the worst cases that I've seen actually come out of Sacramento, of all places. And when we're talking about small business uh and police don't do anything about it. They can't do anything about it. They're told not to do anything about it. And the insurance stops covering a lot of those things. Because, oh, they have insurance. Uh, yeah, unless you pay for it, you don't know what you're talking about. And the situation was where, uh, in this case, a hair salonist uh, ended up having to close her shop. And eventually she moved out of California. How is that a solution? When a lot of the solutions they want, the city wants to permanently fund for these things have to come from small businesses. And if they're leaving, where's the money going to come from? Uh, someone asked a great question. If you can just use the Federal Reserve to print money, why do you need to raise taxes? Is it because that's not how money works? That I added the last part. That wasn't the original question. The original question was, if you can just print money, why do you need to raise taxes? There's a solution, right? But obviously that doesn't work. I firmly this. believe that the police are not an answer to homelessness, should not be part of any kind of homeless service system, and definitely should not be criminalizing people for basic behaviors. Becky Dennison works for Venice Community Housing Corporation, which opposes the criminalization of sidewalk camping in Los Angeles. The idea that folks without housing are out there by choice or not trying to get into housing and we just have to arrest people or nothing else will happen is a complete falsehood. At some point, isn't there a conflict of rights between, say, a property owner or a business owner who doesn't want tents right in front of their business and the ability of someone to sleep on the sidewalk? How do you reconcile that conflict? Sidewalks should obviously be available to everybody, so making sure they're passable and all of those kinds of things. It's a way of sharing public space and acknowledging that some folks are living in our public spaces because they have no place else to go. But proponents of the lawsuit say the city needs guidance from the courts on what constitutes adequate shelter before investing in solutions that might free them to enforce anti-camping laws. If there was a push for more temporary housing, let's say they built 30,000 beds, would that justify prohibiting sidewalk camping? I can't imagine it does. If we ever get to that point, maybe that's a debate and a dialogue we'll have to have as a society. Is there some level of control we want to have over our streets and sidewalks? 
I would say no, maybe there's some arguments to say yes, but we're not there. We have to focus on solutions and get away from this idea that somehow we'll be able to fix our neighborhood problems by being able to arrest people. Given the lack of progress on permanent or temporary housing, Bales is also hesitant to sign on to the lawsuit for the time being. I'm not signing on to remove people from the streets until we have enough places to go. When we get that, then we can worry about asking somebody to leave the streets and go to this place. Under the increasing pressure in recent months, the city has erected a few of its own sprung structures to address the crisis. Bale said... I guess to touch on that is, because um, we're nearing the end of this, I didn't, I didn't hear it on this one. Um, there's a lot of rundown hotels in Los Angeles. Why can't, why can't the city just pay to have those and just bring it up to health and safety codes uh, for each room and house people there, even if it's temporary? Right? Or at least buy out the buildings outright. They're throwing money to people that cannot use it. And will they even live to see that when you had uh, people were dying at a rate of a thousand a year on the streets? And it only got worse in 2020. It's still not nearly enough. It's ridiculous. I mean, who would want to leave 44,000 people on the streets to die while you stick with your very expensive plan to help a few. We do have a FEMA-like, Red Cross-like crisis going on with homelessness, and it needs to be an immediate call to action to get everybody who's willing under a roof. All right, thank you, Reason TV, or Reason.com. Um, like I said, you can, uh, I'm gonna leave this for those of you watching the show notes. The video itself is embedded there for a reason. You can see the whole thing uninterrupted without my commentary. Uh, you can share it with friends and, and, and stuff, so you you know. Um, in the next episode that I'm gonna be covering on the Fix California series, I will be addressing this very issue uh, with in terms of how this HHH program, as it's been called, housing the homeless, um, and how it has failed spectacularly, and, and it is. It should be taken as an example of what not to do. But of course, these politicians will never see it that way because they want you to know it's like, hey, I tried. It's like, no, you've done worse. You harmed people in the process. And you only lined the pockets with special interests. How is that helping? Look, the road to hell is paid with good intentions. Good intentions are not helping people. Helping people is helping people. And what has changed since then? Now we, because like the, I forget, uh, Denison, last name Denison, um, she was saying we've got to stop criminalizing uh, people sleeping on the sidewalks. Uh, the yes and the no. Um, the, the problem is that uh, if you're victimizing one, just one side, uh, you're also excusing some of the attacks happening to the innocent bystanders that are also just trying to get by that ended up getting injured, uh, maimed, or in some cases even killed, just trying to walk by. Um, like I, like I said, I've had friends that have also been out there, uh, even from out of state. So they don't know what it's like to navigate themselves around these urban areas that have been assaulted. Um, a lot were threatened just because they were simply trying to help some, some of the, uh, the people living on the streets that they were feds that you were out there trying to, uh, track, um, I guess drug sales or something. I don't know, but, um, I, you know, my, my brother was present when this happened and it was just, you know, it, it's a lot more complicated than it seems. And like I said, it's only gotten worse. And we need to address this now. 
but LA is moving at a glacier's pace and spending billions in the process and helping nobody. And the worst part is that no one is holding them accountable. And it should start with Eric Garcetti. Fix California ideals for the next episode. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Andres Segovia Show. Remember to like, share, and subscribe to stay in the know. If you want a question featured on the program, or you never know, it could be an episode all on its own, you can message me at any of the social media links available at my website, www.theandresegovia.com. Also available there are all the directories where you can find my show. Remember to also follow me on YouTube and Instagram, where other exclusive content resides. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the program. I'll see you on the next one.